Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Platform Enterprise, the podcast for people who are pissed off with capitalism. I'm your host, Rachel Donald, and I'm a journalist working at the intersection of media and activism. You can find my most recent work over at www.platformenterprise.com, where you can also subscribe to get my newsletter and this podcast delivered straight to your inbox every week. On the show today is a very special guest, Trinity Heavens. And this conversation is quite unlike many of the other conversations that I have on this podcast. Trinity is a Ugandan entrepreneur and he got into business essentially after having lived on the streets as a child in Uganda and running with a gang. Um, And incredibly, his business now uh, employs over 20 people, um, people who need employment, his friends, people he's also taken off the street um, to help. And he has successfully trained 750 people to go off and, you know, freelance um, and sort of gain their own empowerment and autonomy. This is just an amazing conversation. It was really one of my favorites. Um, We spoke a lot about the economy in African countries, um, the future of Uganda and Western perceptions about what's going on in this continent. You know, is China really a threat to African people? Is it a new form of colonization um, before us Westerner anti-capitalist people get ahead of ourselves and think that, you know, big business is bad and everything needs to change? You know, Trinity would argue that, well, first of all, people need to eat. Um, And hearing it come from somebody who knows firsthand what business can do to change your life was really quite something. Um, I think this is a very special episode of Platform Enterprise and... I know that you guys will get as much out of it as I did. Uh, Normally I don't do an intro this long. I'm like freewheeling here because I was just so impressed speaking to Trinity. Um, So if you're also impressed, please leave the show a five-star rating uh, and a comment and share it far and wide. Um, Also, if you're looking for graphic designers or um, web designers or anything like this, um, do not hesitate to check out Trinity's website at www.era92.com. Tell me, mm. you went from living on the streets to having access to a computer and yeah. learning these digital skills and now being head of a company that employs 25 people. So let's go back. I mean, what was that moment? Um, you went on the streets because you're, you had a, your mother was a single mother and couldn't afford your education. So... Tell me about the moment that you had access to an opportunity and just seized it. Yeah, that moment was actually down. Um, um, I was really down. Uh, This was a time when one of our gang member, a guy called Godi, who was leading us to go and steal the community, was actually killed. So when he was killed, um, on that day, I remember very well, the people in the community who saw us running told us, you guys are the next and we are going to hunt you. So for me, when they told me that thing, I went hiding really um under a ditch and uh you know we have so many trenches in this community so i went under one trench and i was hiding so that i don't lose my life but in this downtime when i was starting to get sick angry for two three days that's when a, mm. a mission group from northern ireland uh, northern ireland was visiting our community and this was a group of 20 people who had come to see if they can build a school for this Salam community because of the problem of many kids who are street children. 
So when our pastor, the pastor at that time who was leading this group recognized me, I said, I know these boys, they come at my church and get some porridge some days, but they cannot say to their, they always come, but they always find ways of going back to the streets. That's a, a, a general problem for young street children in Uganda. They, they never settle. So when they asked us, they told, they made sure that they give us something that makes us not go back to the streets. So on that day, uh, a lady called Roberta Wilking asked me, and my friend, and they asked me, what can we give you that you don't go back to the streets? So for me, while on the streets, one thing that I wanted to steal or find a way to steal was a computer. And I told these guys that if you give me a computer, I'll never go back to the streets. And that's when, you know, the, these guys really acted so fast. My, my friend asked for music instruments, for me asked for a computer and the next day, they took us to a shop and they bought us these machines. I got a MacBook and uh, that's the computer that opened up the whole new world of possibilities for me because I was a creative guy, I was an artist guy, and I wanted to take my art to the next level. So I started training myself to design websites, logos, graphic designing, and that whole process really let me leave the streets for good because I had gotten a purpose. I had gotten an opportunity to exercise my dreams and passions. Wow. I mean, that's unreal. Wow. Mm. So <laughs> you were you were running with a gang. You were living on the streets. Yeah. And a pastor visited from Northern Ireland. Yeah. And you said, yeah, all right, give me a computer and I, and I won't go back. Yeah. But that's, it's also amazing that you kind of, um, that you like knew that about yourself, even at mm. that moment, mm. you know, you knew that if you were given an opportunity, you would take it. Mm. Do you think that that's the same for, for a lot of street children in Uganda? I would say from the things that I've done, at least for many young people. So the reason why I actually mm. started a company that was one day when I was discovered you know, I was discovered through a promotion uh, from a community because they bring promotions to young people in the communities, in the slums, so that they can show their, showcase their talents. So for me on this event, I was discovered as a young, talented graphic designers. And I got an opportunity to intern with the Coca-Cola company that was designing their ad campaigns that time. So when I got that opportunity, I left the slums. I got a job and my life was completely different. So yeah. the reason why I want to answer your question with this story is because when I left, I for me to start the company, I didn't know anything about entrepreneurship. I didn't know anything about this entire journey. But on that day, when I went back to the slums, one of the girls uh, who was my friend, she's called Megan. Megan was at his verge of actually selling her body because her dad had broken his backbone while building and this girl was uh, uh, under a family of six people and now she had to take care of her siblings and so megan came to me one day and she told me trinity my friends are telling me that for me to feed my family or to feed my siblings i have to go and sell my body but i don't want to do it but if i get a skill like you did i would not go do this so on that day i told megan you know what i'm gonna pay you and i train you the things i know when you do these things in a period of four months, I will definitely give you a job. And I will quit my job and we start a company. So I started with Megan and the other three girls and I started training them. But surprisingly enough, after four months into the training, 
Megan was able to design a website on her own. And when she did, that taught me something that, you know what? Brilliance is equally distributed, but opportunity is not. So there's so many young people who are brilliant, but they are not exposed and they don't have access to these kind of opportunities. And so many of them are so hungry. So right now, Megan is leading a team of four other developers and she's still with us even up to date. Oh my God, wow. So the company was born out of an impulse to, to help a friend. Yeah. And then you saw that there was a format that you could apply to, to lots and lots of um, other youths who needed help. I realized we had evaded a seed and we just had to plant it many, many, many times. And so that's what you've been doing over the years. Okay. So, <clears throat> so um, you're now employing 25 people. How many young people have you trained? 750. Wow. Wow. 750. And um, were they all um, street children or did they come from a range of backgrounds? Yeah. Um, one of the things uh, I think I would say the first three years, it was really core cool, street children um, and uh, gang people, young people who are on the streets, young people who are out of school, um, girls who are hungry for success. So, but over the years now, I would say that the problem we are having in Uganda or in the slums where I come from, actually I realize that are the problems that we find everywhere. So why am I saying this? Right now, Uganda, 80% of our population is young people. When you look at the landscape of Africa, it, almost you know 68% are young people. And that number is growing at a faster rate than any other continent in the world. So what we see is that um, our work is transcending only the Islam children. It's now the young people of Africa that really need these skills and talent to be built so that they can really benefit the community, their communities, their lives, and also they benefit from um, this growing continent because the, the, the rate at which the continent is growing is not trickling down to the skill sets and uh, abilities so that these young people can actually benefit from it. Many young people will stay unemployed for many years if we do not give them the skills and the opportunities they need to exercise their talents and become professionals. So what's going on with the education system then in Uganda? Um, why are these young people not being taught these skills by educational institutions? Yeah, first of all, education is expensive, but more importantly, it's broken. Mm. Why am I saying this? Is that for me, I, I when I trained myself, I thought that education was still the key. So I went back to the university to train and become a professional. Unfortunately, unfortunately I quit after, you know, two, five, two, three semesters because I realized that the education system was actually taking away my time and not giving me the rightful skills I needed. They are still in the theory part of things, yet the world as the, the, the future of work and the future of learning has definitely being disrupted by technology and the way education has to be taught for Uganda, we are still in the 1960s. So I see even right now, many graduates from the university can't find jobs. They can't use computers. They cannot express themselves. So for me, I see Elevate, our program, our academy, um, as an alternative to all of these kind of things. And so it's going to be enabling us to give young people the skills that are going to enable them to 
uh, take advantage for the rapid changing uh, future of work. Right, okay. And um, who do these young people typically work for? Is it for Ugandan companies that are looking for artists and designers or is mm. it um, companies abroad? Yeah, definitely we have, uh, our model is, 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 is diverse. You know, we have, mm. we employ, the, first of all, the best students are employed by Era 92. But then we have right. uh, employment partners and uh, we have a range of them right now, starting from the big banks in Uganda, organizations, who come and uh, give our internship, uh, our students a paid internship for one year so that they can strengthen their skills. But 90% of the young people that are being placed are being employed, given permanent employment. And so that has really, wow. really worked out well for us. Wow, that's amazing. And it is, um, and you kind of keep it local, you keep it national. Because I think um, theoretically, one of the problems with, um, digital skills is that foreign companies can take advantage of people that um, would work for a, a lower rate because of the currency difference um, and it never leads to any kind of how do I put this like national emancipation mm. but what you're doing is you're giving these young people these skills and then they're going out and putting it into the, the local and national economy mm. Do I understand correctly? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You you've yeah. got it right, and that's why I said our model is diverse. We we strengthen our ecosystem because once the the, 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 the talent in the ecosystem is 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 strength is strong, then that means young people can build companies. Those uh, yeah. freelancers can go on and start companies. So we we want that energy to be fueled into our ecosystem. But more importantly, to to note out that we also take advantage of that kind of thing you've mentioned. Because right now, at least 90%, 70% uh, of our clients are coming from the US and the UK who give us work. So we are also okay. you know, building up, uh, the ones that we employ actually work on clients uh, more outside the world. But then the employment partnerships is local. Right, okay, but with ERA 92, with your own creative agency, mm. you're sourcing a lot of work from, from outside of Uganda. Yes, sir. And how did you start building those relationships? Um, yeah, I started with my, my sponsor, actually. Uh, the, the lady who sponsored me um, after five, six years, I, I went out and, and mentioned to her, you know what, I do remember when you come to Uganda, yeah, when you give me a computer, right now I'm having a, 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 a creative agent that is giving the opportunity to give me to other young people. So when I mentioned to them to that, they invited me to one event um in northern ireland as a success story and so when i went there um i started building the network i started talking to people and uh through word of mouth it spread from northern ireland to the u.s uh, netherlands and uh, we, we are we are continuing to grow and right now the, the the organization that really spotted us uh from the slums are right now our biggest clients because they are on a retainer with us uh, on a monthly basis and uh you know we we are continuing to further our mission to serve oh, them that's fantastic. yeah 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 and what do you hope um era 92 could could become in the future oh that is amazing <laughs> that, that's a good one. <laughs> yeah i would say um we we definitely want to become a global you know company and um mm. we want to scale um in the next five years we want to scale at least to you know five other 
countries in Uga- in in Africa because one of mm. the we want to scale our impact you know to other African countries because our problems are the same. I've traveled to at least six com- uh, countries in Africa, and the problem of young people and the problem of youth unemployment rises at the top. And so we want to be able to continue to pioneer those solutions through technology, digital, and arts, uh, so that we can empower enough young people into that uh, future careers. But more importantly, we want to scale our operations to countries uh, where we are hoping to get more work and funding, uh, countries uh, like US uh, and the UK. Mm -hmm. So we are already registered in the UK right now. And we continue to want to have a strong, you know, uh, strong grounds in these countries because that's why we hope to get, you know, enough capital to fill into the mission we are doing. But thirdly, the reason and why I started this company is for us to be like a model that people who have their companies can use them to actually create jobs. Because for us in Africa right now, we need jobs. So if you have a company that can give young people skills. We want to be that model that people can take as an example to replicate through their businesses so that we can combat this problem of youth unemployment across Africa. Right, okay, so you see it as um, an opportunity for for everybody to address the problem and tackle it. Right, okay, because I have seen um, in Europe Mm. uh, a sort of similar thing with with companies um training refugees mm. actually in digital skills for mm. free mm. and then um either placing them in employment and, and taking a, a portion of their pay um or i don't know giving them an, a sort of internship like there's some way in which it kind of supposedly balances out financially mm. um but it is it's <sighs> I think it's such an important conversation because I think certainly in the West, we sort of take our digital skills for granted. Mm-hmm. Um, even what we were talking about before we started recording, you know, the fact that you said, you know, the Ugandan government just turned the internet off Yeah. in your country. Yeah. And, you know, over here, that that's an impossible notion. I mean, mm. first of all, because it's been privatized. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's a blessing but to you the, guys. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's it's funny hearing this Trinity because I think um, certainly the the kind of theoretical conversations happening in the West right now are sort of um, very wary of like the the culture that's come out of the Industrial Revolution, um, wary of people being sort of um, wage slaves or um, glo- globalization, all of these kinds of things. Like, that's where the conversation is heading now here. You know, in fact, is it good? How is growth good? Is globalization good? Um, And yet, when you put it into practice in countries like Uganda or Ethiopia or Kenya, you know, it's beyond theory. It's the practicality of, well, people need to eat and they need employment and they need help and they need opportunity. And how do we give them to it? So um, I'm... I'm really, really grateful to have you on the show today to to discuss all of that. Yeah. I actually saw that you attended um, an industrial revolution event mm. not long ago. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. Can you can you tell me a little bit about that? Um, 
Um, yeah, I think for me, um, I, you know, I was, you know, I wasn't into the whole entire thing, but uh, I was just there to really, you know, uh, get to learn about these things of uh, the technology revolution, definitely, because we've, we've realized that uh, uh, right now, the technology is rapidly changing the future of work around the globe. The globe. And uh, the reason why I was part of that thing is because Africa now is in the early stages of the technology revolution, you know, characterized by the, the widespread of use of mobile technology. You know, here we, we share money through uh, our mobile, you send me text and I get money. So that thing is really changing the nature of work on the continent and creating great opportunities for workers uh, to be connected to the economy and each other. So that uh, I was that that thing was really uh, there was so many insights on how you guys in the West have really taken a huge leap, and actually Africa is way way behind. So. Uh, but we are we are we are coping up. So it, it was a great event. Are we a part of it? Uh, no, I just um, when I was researching Era ninety two, I, yeah. I saw that you'd attended it. Yeah. Uh, so it's just um, it's interesting because like the industry <laughs> industrial revolution is mm. kind of like a a term that is a little bit loaded now in the yeah. West. Yeah. Because we think, oh fuck, climate change. Yeah. Yeah, you know, climate change and exploitation and labor. You know, mm, mm. Um, we tend to wonder how good the industrial revolution actually was. Was yeah, yeah. But I think in that time it was needed. But then the technology wasn't hadn't matured enough to mm. you know invent things like uh, renewable energy, you know, green energy. So. Um, and maybe the people who are leaders in that time, or people who are, are like our inventors, they hadn't really figured it out. And um, maybe uh, that would have a different story. But uh, I would say that we human beings were given a, a huge potential to turn our world around. And, and God mm. placed us into this thing because we know we can take control of it. So we can really act up, you know, soon. The industrial revolution has really made a huge, you know, um, you know, effect on our planet, but uh, mm. it's not too late for us to to do what we can uh, so to save our planet. So um, it's an interesting uh, kind of uh, conversation. Yeah, it's an interesting debate, but then I guess also what could be fascinating, and I think what the West doesn't often think about mm. is if a continent like Africa mm. was to fully go through its industrial revolution, but mm. also with the awareness of what other countries have done wrong, mm. well, then you could be striking out. Yeah. <laughs> you we'll could be the it. model of, we'll... of how to, yeah, yeah. how to be a, a just and safe and renewable, you know, developed. Do you know the interesting people. thing? Do you know the interesting thing? the flow of technology the flow of information is so fast right now around the continent so at least when something happens in your country or in the west it's easy replicated in africa so i think yeah. africa has a huge advantage for us for it to have a leap over all the mistakes that the west did into through their industrial revolution and we see that happening through um, um battery we are always finding uh, ways of you know uh, creating power in Uganda uh, through waste, and so uh, the innovation is is really uh, happening around what we are doing. So we are, we are we are in a good position, and we with the help of 
you know, the waste, I think uh, we can definitely overcome that. Yeah, that's it's re that's really, really, really interesting. Mm. Um, and I think people don't consider it like because technology has come so far and because we're all so connected yeah. and because um, we're all very conscious of kind of what other countries are doing. Yes. You know, <laughs> Africa um, or you know, a nation like India could kind of take the, the technology that's now available, skip mm. a couple of decades, mm -hmm. go, hey, politically, we're not going to do that because it didn't mm. work out for you guys. Yeah. And, you know, bang, <laughs> you're, you're the future. I knew you're the future. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, you know, you know what is going to happen, you know, for all that things to happen, you know, the, mm. I, the people, I hear people say, Africa is the next big thing. Yes. It sounds great. It sounds op optimistic. But uh, I'm on the continent, and I see there is a lot of yeah. things that we have to do for us to achieve that. And one of the things is to actually empower and equip our young people. Because when you look at those countries that have taken a leap to, you know, become big or, or a global powerhouse like China, uh, India, you see that they've done something with their labor force. You know, the, why yeah. why are many people outsourcing from India? Because they pumped their education and they made sure many young people knew how to design software or software engineering. They knew that uh, in, in China, they have a population. If this population is can do work, many companies are gonna bring work to their countries. And over the years, that thing has actually benefited their, their continent or countries. How? Because if Apple brings their center in, in, in China, they are gonna, people are gonna learn how to do these things. And in 10 years, China will make a phone. And that's what is not happening in Africa. And that's why I'm advocating for. Yeah, right, so for, for education. Yes. Uh, so that people get the skills in order to then work nationally to, to create a future. Yeah. Um, you know, the other thing is like geopolitically mm. in, in this globalized world, mm. what we have seen also is the west and companies in the west mm. taking advantage of labor forces around the world mm. so the living conditions might be better mm. um but it's it's not necessarily emancipation mm -hmm. it's like um having a, a higher quality of life but having um somebody who's in charge on the other side of the world mm. and therefore like opportunities limited mm. um so how I mean, this this might be a way too big a question to ask mm. one single person, but yeah. how how can we combat that when mm. looking at the the potential for for Africa for its own revolution? How can we ensure that the that people remain empowered as opposed to cheap labor? Yeah, I would say I would say that um, uh, I've been. Um, I've been, uh, I've been there. I've been through that thing, but I would mm. say that I would, I wouldn't really have a bigger issue of it because one of the thing is that uh, um, it, the, 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 the current state where we are right now, there is no high living expenses like it is in the, in the UK, uh, in the US. So mm -hmm. I would urge that. If you're not paying someone one dollar to do your work, but you're paying them eight dollars per hour, it's a it's a good thing, you know. 
in um in africa so i wouldn't uh put a pain or a gun on your neck to say oh you have to pay these people 21 dollars but mm. when it comes to skill set development the reason why it's, it is happening in um uh india right now their labor is expensive but we have to start somewhere so for mm. us to even start with um, uh, getting that work from the west it's been hard for you to say oh my website is going to be done in africa or my app is going to be designed in africa we haven't actually broken that barrier so i would say that we have to provide a, a smooth entry into that global market but as we grow of course as the economy and the uh, the economies grow the labor in 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 abuja nigeria is not the labor in kenya uh nairobi so we've seen some of the the continents actually become all countries become actually expensive so i would say that it's gonna it's gonna be it's gonna be automatic that if an, a country a camp uh if kampala grows fast it's labor and living expenses people will need to earn more and as they earn more, they will need to ask for more money, you know? And uh, that's what happened to the US maybe, that even way years back, some people were earning maybe $5 per hour, but as the living expenses grow, companies had to pay people more. Yeah, and but also, you know, the, the, the problem is inflation. Um, yeah. You know, wages stagnate. Yeah. And life gets more expensive. I mean, the US just... Um, voted to reject a bill that would have increased the the minimum living wage um Ooh. to just 15 dollars an hour wow which is nothing actually mm, given mm. the the expense of living in so many places in the united states so yeah. it's it's not always a given that um oh if you know if life gets more expensive then wages will get expensive i mean <laughs> you know as a millennial in europe yeah, yeah. you know me and my mates like we can't afford to buy homes wow we yeah, can't it's... afford you know but you know, like so, so many of us are living at home because mm. our wages do not reflect yeah. um, the actual cost of living. Do you know what, what what needs to happen? I think we need to. Uh, this this is just funny, <laughs> anyways. I don't know if it's okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think people should uh, the, the 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 technology like uh, COVID nineteen shifted uh, the paradigm yeah. of work. I think people are living even like in New York, an apartment uh, studio apartment is two thousand five hundred dollars. Now people yeah. will be able now to go and live in New Mexico, deep down there, and uh, be able to, uh, you know, reduce on the costs. And um, I don't know, but it's true. I, I see that. But also maybe some should come to Africa. <laughs> see, yeah, I, yes. I, I really think that, like, you know, I, like the whole like, glo- globalization is bad thing. It's like, hang on, hang on, hang on. You know, yeah. like yeah. Um, huge companies, you know, being really, really powerful sort of yeah. entities that's bad but like people's ability to travel Mm. and to and to be a part of another culture Mm. like if it's true like if everybody just you know left new york Mm -hmm. and went nah i'm gonna go to new i'm gonna go to uganda i'm gonna live off of you know a couple hundred dollars a month and fuck all you sorry excuse my language no screw this (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) it's true there's a real power in like Mm. people's ability to move and just say no this isn't good enough anymore i don't have to be here anymore and if your company can allow you to work remotely boom you know, you can still yeah. get your, you know, um, $60,000 a year and then you're living in Ghana 
and you you're gonna be living on twenty thousand dollars a good life you know so i think yeah. it, it you know maybe other countries some people i i know a friend of mine who is in romania and is from the us and the cost there a little bit low and sometimes it it, it even helps the the people who are starting up with low wages so that you can save mm-hmm. up money and do other things so yeah there's we just have to find a different way of thinking about things, but the the the, the opportunities are enormous. Mm, yeah, definitely. Well, do you think it would be um, uh, like a good thing for for Uganda to see that influx of of people coming to live and to work, whether remotely or or you know or locally? Yeah, the biggest number of people we have here are people who come and start, uh, in, uh, people who are from NGOs or are volunteers. But, you know, we've seen many people who stay here for two, three years and, and they mm-hmm. like it. And Yeah, but I think um, right now there is a friend of ours who's coming to live here for two years um, from Netherlands. And uh, because of that, and says, uh, for me, I'm running a digital company. Uh, I don't meet most of my friends. Uh, I'm gonna come and be there for two years, and uh, so we we are open, you know. And when you look at so many countries right now in Africa being uh, marketed like that, like Rwanda, you know, Ghana, you know, is welcoming even like black people to come back home and build businesses here. So mm. uh, yeah, it it will also help you know uh, the economies uh, across, and then there will be a balance of uh, distribution of wealth across the the world. Oh, here's hoping. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God, here's hoping. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know if you saw recently. Um, the there was a massive vote. I can't remember where, and essentially, like all of the Western countries mm-hmm. voted to not allow developing nations access to the COVID vaccine. Mm. Um. So. Still yeah. not convinced that distribution of wealth is. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's not. It's not. That's why. That's why, as Africa, we have to build our economies fast enough. Yeah. I'm telling you, it's happening. Yeah. You know, it's happening. People in Africa really have a lot of money, but um, what is not happening is that still the way the West is having a picture about us. You know, um, have this organization mm-hmm. called the New Africa, and we are what we are talking about is just the West should just change the way we think about Africa because most of the things that uh, they think that, okay, we need to help people in Africa. But if you just twist that question to say, how can we tap into this untapped potential? How can we tap into this untapped market? How can we uh, bring bring businesses in Africa on the continent rather than uh, old way aid and uh, loans and stuff like that? So, you know, it's, it's a it's a it's a it's a disturbing thing, but um, I also you know recommend that all our fellow people on the continent should work hard for the growth of the continent because once we can do that, at least we can be able to compete on a on, on a global market because we don't have a lot of things to offer yet. We don't have the high skilled labor market to to on the market. We don't have high products. So if there is a lot of opportunities for people to build those products that we can take on the global market. All right. You know, in the West, like, I think, yeah, I think people really, really, really don't understand what's going on Mm. in Africa as a continent. And even the fact that such a huge place Mm. is always just sort of called Africa. Yeah. um, Just completely homogenizes um, the the peoples and the cultures. Mm. But 
certainly one thing that people are talking about in recent years is like, oh, you know, China. China's mm. going in and yeah. China is investing in Africa and that's really dangerous because they're mm. buying. Yeah. They're yeah. buying yes. the labor and they're buying the people and they're t they're taking advantage mm. of Africans. Mm. And that's the message that we have. Mm. Is that true or are they doing exactly as you say like tapping into that un that um unchecked potential? I don't I don't think China is tapping into the untapped potential. Actually the problem is two way. We have the problem of our leaders and also the problem of people who want to take advantage of Africa. So, um, and that's why that there is, that's the only problem that is holding Africa from its breakthrough. Because if the leaders we had today love their countries hard enough, so much enough, they wouldn't allow, they wouldn't allow to sell off uh, a part of a leg to yeah. China for them to do their own things there. They wouldn't allow in a lot of debt um, uh, so that China can come and build a, an entire, you know, road for us. And, yeah. and uh, they are taking, for them, they are trading. So, okay, you give us this, give us land and we build a road. Some of the deals are like that. So I don't think mm -hmm. that is uh, benefiting us. And it's not trickling down to the real people. You know, it's not going down to this young. I don't know how, I, I don't know how anything that China does in, Af in Uganda right now benefits me as a person. You know, I yeah. see they are buying off a, a lake shore. Oh, but what what does that do? They are doing their fishing. They are now taking the fish. You see, uh, that, that's the kind of things. When when we when we, we discovered gold, and a foreign company came and they did the the, the the thing, but the money we didn't see it coming. So that's why we yeah. we also promote young people in the private sector to be strong enough across Africa because that's those are the only companies that their impact reaches the down the the, the person on the down on, on the lower spectrum. Yeah, I mean, you know, that's sort of the, the thing and the problem. Mm. You know, Africa is, you said, you know, Africa's behind the West. Yeah. Well, that's because it was absolutely abused yeah. by the West mm. um, for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years. And even, mm. you know, even just in recent history, just as you say, like just taking resources. Mm-hmm taking gold buying land mm, you know and mm. not doing anything to to benefit the people mm. um so if i if i'm start, i think i'm starting to get a very uh, clear picture of of what you want to achieve and that is a kind of realistic awareness of the market of the global market mm. and create a labor force that is strong enough mm. in uganda and on the continent of africa mm. to a pull young people out of poverty and give them opportunity and mm. b start to develop the nation from the from the ground up and that also means mm. having yeah grassroots and that also means having a private sector a local and mm. national private mm. sector that's strong enough that you don't have to take um you're not forced into bad deals yeah. with bigger or more powerful companies or nations who just want to take advantage You've nailed it. That's one hundred percent of what we want to see. And uh, for me, I always tell my people is that in Uganda alone, I see if we can create a million trinities, just mm. a million trinities who can employ twenty to thirty young people. Do the mm. math. Do at least you know fifteen million jobs, and if we get fifteen million jobs on a population of um you know uh, 48 million that's a big leap in you know on, on our you know pro problem with unemployment which is at 87 percent of, of our young people so um i would uh, 
uh, that that's my dream that's my passion that is and even those people who are in the west who have the clean heart of doing something in africa they should see how does this benefit the household you just think can this money reach to the household of a poor family in uganda if you yeah. if your work can't do that then that means you enabling the richer to get richer yeah it actually needs to go to a diverse yeah part of the population rather than just being centered around god yeah the same people mm. um what do you think okay let's fast forward 10 years and and it, you've done it mm. you've you know youth unemployment is at a new low um the private sector is is bubbling in uganda what do you think would need to change politically for those for those changes to really really take root? Um, do you think like a a population that has employment and has access to computers and has digital skills mm. would also then become more aware um, of the political problems that they face and the yeah. fact that they have a choice with their vote? Yeah, you've got it right. The the only reason why even our leaders in Africa, the trick they had is keep them poor, keep them poor because you can control the poor. The problem we, we've been the the continuous unrest you hear are, are people that actually know their rights and have a right to vote. They have some money. They have bad roads, and say say I pay tax, but I have bad roads. I pay tax, but the, the so if you have a population that has that. Uh, buying power, you know, purchasing power, it's difficult mm. to rule them. You'll continue to have unrest. But more importantly, we see that generation of people who can get uh, uh, the, the opportunity of this uh, global gig economy and online things. But besides that, we also a movement of rising leaders, young patriotic mm. leaders who are coming from the grassroots to into this power, you know, and if that happens, the decision making will change, and they will have their their communities. For me right now, if if I ever get power into you know in, you know in, into power, one of the things that I'm really bad uh, uh, tired of is the the roads and the healthcare system in Africa. Mm-hmm. These are things that we should be able to do on our own with the VAT and mm-hmm. the taxes we pay. So it's also gonna come from. What we can do right now, we can't change the leaders unless we fight and go back 10 years ago. What we can do is as young people, we can focus on the circle of influence. What can we influence? We can, I can influence myself and become a software engineer and get a job online working with a company in the UK. That is possible. So what we can do, what we don't want to do is that we are not going to sit back and do nothing. Where we are as young people, we want to make sure we have the tools, the skills, and the 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 the, the, the tools we need for us to uh, take advantage of this global economy. Wow, yeah, yeah. It's it's such a, a pragmatic, like step by step formula yes. laid out, Trinity. Mm. Yeah, it really. I you really put all the pieces together. Mm. Um, can I ask? I have interest. How much tax? Like, what are the tax bans in mm. Uganda? The tax bans? Yeah, like how much tax on average do, oh, do people yeah. pay? Oh, yeah, that's crazy. So for you, if you're bringing up, uh, oh, man, like the taxes are crazy. Like if you're, if you're bringing in goods from the UK or the US, man, you, 
Yeah. It's now for the rich people. You're going to pay at least 30% of what you bring. For me to buy a car, exactly. I can buy a car in Japan for $2,000. And when I come here, I pay at least twice of that in tax. Uh, so uh, it's all ruled by the government and all these, you know, um, um, greedy people want to take advantage or advantage of the population. But uh, mm. for me right now, I strongly believe Africa, Africa with its workforce and what we are doing, we can go far, you know, in terms of what we can do. But then the problem of the, of the leaders also is a challenge. And then the problem of how we are seen on the global market is affecting yeah. us big time. Yeah. Okay. Can I ask, um, what would you hope that Africa would do differently in its revolution that maybe the the west did wrong that's a great question <laughs> the west has done wrong in the terms of economy in terms of social Whatever you think, you know. Yeah, um, I've seen it. I've seen it. I've seen it. I I would say, I see the the you know that kind of manipulation that the Mm -hmm. West did into their growth. Uh, that when they came to Congo and they realized these assets, they made war happen in those countries. So it's actually happening with African countries as we are growing. That some people when they say, okay, there is oil in this region the people in that region are going to suffer because mm. they're going to bring chaos there's no there they won't be growth we've seen it in actually uganda also that all the places that where we are getting all this gold and fuel the, the places are not developed i would urge that if we africans recognize potential valuable uh, mineral or uh, gold or anything that would benefit our things we shouldn't be greedy. We shouldn't just take it off and run and then come back, give aid. But we should just use that mineral to employ the people in that community, to build roads in that community so that the people in that place would definitely benefit hugely from what has been blessed to, uh, to them in their land. So um, for me, that's one thing I see the West has done wrong in terms of their development. They, they took a lot. Yeah, that's you're you're preaching a kind of um, a sort of non-violence there and yeah. an awareness. Yeah, that we're really all in it together. Yeah, <laughs> <You know>? yeah. <laughs> and it's true the the model of kind of stealing yes. and then coming back and giving aid. Yeah, is just a perpetual cycle of of poverty. Yes, it is um, happening. Yeah, that, that, like the, the 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 government realizes okay, there is thing here. They they go disorganize the community. And then they say, okay, we, we have some food for you. Uh, and they go give them food, you know. But yeah. just imagine if the factories are there, people can get jobs from that. How people, would, how, I imagine those people being proud of what they found in their land and how they, you know, I just imagine that kind of thing, you know. I, I, I feel pity for uh, Congo, you know, is that this rich, the richest country in the world, that people are not, they don't have the freedom. That would be the best place to be if you want. If you want to, you know, I, I, I don't. I'm just so passionate about, you know, that. But you know, it's the 
Mm. It's the powers of economies that the power can really uh, corrupt in absolutely so. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yes, and, and nobody has an answer for that yet. Yeah, <laughs> Why nobody. does power corrupt? Yeah. How to avoid it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we haven't found that formula. <laughs> nope, 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 nope. <laughs> uh, yeah. I think one of the uh, one of the ways to do it would be um, like to pay politicians mm. what we pay nurses. Yeah, a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> no. The, the, the nurses are paid little. Oh, in the yeah, 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 yeah. certainly. Um, in yeah, in even Europe, Uga- this... even in Uganda, yeah, yeah. I yeah. think yeah, yeah we do. Here, guys are mm-hmm. paid a lot of money, cars, you know, a car that would mm-hmm. build a road, you know. Ah, man, it's it's crazy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Tracy, this is um, this has been amazing. Uh, this has been so enlightening and inspiring. Your story, mm-hmm. oh my god. Mm-hmm. Um, to finish up, is there somebody that you would like to platform? Uh, somebody that you think I should go and speak to and have on the podcast to kind of continue this conversation. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can um, recommend. Uh, you should I do it via email or what? I yeah. uh, tell tell me here, and then we'll, okay. then we'll talk on email. <laughs> mm, um, what in terms of um, what what message? Is it still the uh, New Africa or? Uh, it's up to you. It's totally uh, up to you. From from Africa or from Europe or other side? I mean, again, up to you. Just okay. is there somebody that you think it would be worth having on the show to to maybe talk more about the things that we've been discussing, mm. um, or just somebody who's doing amazing work that you think needs attention? Yeah, I think I'm gonna connect you to Roger, and um, yeah, he's a like my business partner, but he's also running his own company, and. Mm. Um, is a guy that now will nail down on what we really need to do moving forward in in terms of uh, building this um, ecosystem across Africa. He's a strategist and an advocate and uh, he's a business developer. Amazing. Mm. Oh, yeah, I'd love to speak to him. Yeah. Trinity, you have been fantastic. Thank you so much. You're welcome. And uh, good luck with Era 92. I mean, I don't think you need luck. Like, you've really figured that out. <laughs> and you're doing brilliantly. Yeah. And um, I, yeah, I will advise everybody to, to go and see what Africa has to offer. Amen. Amen. Ah, yeah. yeah we amen. are looking forward to having them here. And uh, if you're there and you want to do some change in Africa, you know, you can reach out to us, but also just change the way you think about africa you know there is a lot of potential here bring investments bring your skills connect young people to work and do whatever you do so that someone is being lifted out of poverty someone is being empowered to take on the course of their life we want to see that happen wonderful thank you trinity you're welcome and we keep in touch yes absolutely Hello again, everyone. I so hope you enjoyed that. As I said at the beginning, if you're looking for graphic designers, for web designers, uh, for a whole myriad of digital skills, please check out Trinity's website. Check out Trinity's company at www.era92.com. Believe you me, it's, it's money well spent. Also, don't forget to leave the show five stars, please. And subscribe to Platform Enterprise over at www.platformenterprise.com 
where you'll get this podcast and my weekly newsletter delivered to your inbox twice a week. All right, everyone, thank you so much for your support. See you next week.